praise, God. We give you honor. We give you glory, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the powerful word we heard this morning by Brother Brock? Amen. What a mighty, mighty word spoken. Amen. It's so good to be in church tonight. I'm so thankful to be a part of Greater Bakersfield's First Pentecostal Church. Amen. Are you thankful to be a part? Amen. I'm thankful to be a part. How about even greater than that? Are you thankful to be a part of God's church? Hallelujah. This isn't the church of the people, but this is the church of God. Amen. This is God's house. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of it. Amen. It's a great honor, great privilege to stand behind this pulpit and preach to such a great body of believers and to stand with such a great uh, company of ministry. And I want to give honor to Pastor Bradford and his family. Love them very much. Love them deeply. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity to preach tonight. Love our bishop and Sister Frost. Give honor to them. Amen. Um, I, I won't keep you standing for too much longer. You'll be able to sit for an hour or two, so amen. Praise God. We're going to have a good day. It's 6.30. We got 7.30, 8, 8.30. We're good. Praise God. Amen. No, I, I don't intend on preaching long. Um, I, I believe the spirit and anointing from Brother Garrett Patel has rubbed off on me, and I'm just going to claim it tonight. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, the 13th chapter. Luke 13 and verse number 11. It reads, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together, and in could no wise lift up herself. There was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, she was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift up our voice right now. I wonder if we could just spend a few moments, not just in a prayer before the sermon, God, but a, a moment speaking to God. God, I worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. I know it's, it's, it's not ordinary maybe, but let's, let's just spend a moment lifting up his name right now. God, we pray. Hallelujah. 
in the name that's above every name, Jesus. I don't want just another sermon tonight. I don't want to get up here and just preach and, 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 and give something fancy, but I want a move of God. I want a move of God. I wonder if we can just agree together right now before we're seated. Can we agree together right now? God, I want to stir up some faith. I want to hear your voice, God. I don't want to hear a man. God, but I want to hear your voice. God, speak to my heart tonight, God. Speak into my life tonight, God. Move in a miraculous way tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. You may be seated. Jesus speaks to us and tells us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And then in verse 17 of Mark 16, he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. Tonight, before we dig in and really get into the topic and the message tonight, I want just to remind this church that we are a body of believers that believe in the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the many things that Jesus Christ did, amen, while he was walking on this earth was he laid hands on the sick. Hallelujah. And he did the miraculous. I wonder tonight if there is someone that will link up with me and believe that God can do the miraculous in his house tonight. Hallelujah. God can do a miracle. Hallelujah. God can work signs and wonders. God can reach and touch that which we think is impossible or that which we don't think is touchable. I wonder if we can just believe it, if we can have some faith right now. God's going to do a work. God's going to heal somebody. God, I pray that you would do a miraculous work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't just begin to hype us up, but I believe with all my heart that God, not because of man, not because of the hand that's touched, but because of the power of the Almighty God, that He can do something. Amen. And I believe it. Luke 13, 11 in our text says that this woman had an infirmity. And that word infirmity means she had a feebleness about her. She was lacking physical strength or vigor. There was a, a want of strength. This is how this Greek word is defined. There was a want of strength. There was a weakness in the body and in the soul. There was moral frailty. Infirmity can mean many things. 
And I believe that God can do the miraculous in a physical healing. Amen. But there's other things as well that God wants to reach tonight. Amen. There's other types of infirmities. So don't get locked in on one vein, but let God speak to you tonight. There, there, there is an infirmity that is maybe a moral frailty in our own humanity, in our own decisions. Or, or maybe there was or there is an actual disease. Amen. Maybe there's actually a sickness of the body. And so this is the word defined infirmity. And the scripture tells us what's interesting is she, Jesus didn't just say that she has an infirmity. But he said there is a spirit of infirmity. There is a spirit of infirmity. And there is a message that we often uh, preach, and there is a scripture we often preach, and it is very powerful. I, I absolutely enjoyed and loved the services and revival we had with Brother Point Dexter, where he dug in a little bit to the principalities and into the powers and into spiritual things that sometimes we, we brush those things off because it's, it's really deep and we don't really want to go there because if we go there, then... You know, you don't know where it's going to go. And, and, and that's just, I think, maybe a fear in our humanity. Many times God showed up on the scene in the word of God. There was a fear and he said, do not be afraid. It is I. And so, but it, it is very real. And we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual wickedness in high place, places and, and everything that exalteth itself above God. We know that we wrestle against these things. And so it says there was a spirit of infirmity. And I want to preach for the next few moments tonight about spiritual infirmity. We have weaknesses. We have difficulties. We have shortcomings. Sometimes we have diseases. Sometimes there is a, a dry spell in our life where we we. We feel like we don't have any strength, but we desire to have it. And sometimes we often go to other creators to find an answer for our problem when we really should be going to our creator because he created us. Amen. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We are made of this earth. We are made of dirt. But we are also made of the breath of God. And so we face things in our body, but we also face things in the spirit. And we are dealing in some times right now where there is great spiritual adversity against the church and against the believer. Amen. And I believe that God wants us to first and foremost take note and stop and say, you know what? You need to come to me. Whatever the situation is, whatever the sickness is, we've got to lift up our voice in prayer. We've got to be a people that still believe in the power of prayer. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing or don't worry or be anxious, but in everything in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. There are spiritual conditions that we face 
that affect our physical body. We may think at times that it's only a physical condition. We may think, and, and I, I don't feel like, I, I don't like giving disclaimers, but this may not apply to every situation or every physical condition, okay? But we have spiritual conditions that affect our physical body. And sometimes we may think it's just, it's just a physical condition. It's just, it's just our thoughts. It's just something in our mind. It's, it's just a pain or it's just a feeling or, or whatever it may be. But a root cause is actually a matter of the spirit. Man, I'm fighting this spiritual warfare, but my flesh is weary. My energy is gone. And I think of the prodigal son. We look at the prodigal son. He left his father's house. And everything is, is not always sin. This is not just a message of repentance and sin. But if you look at the prodigal son, he left his father's house. He thought he could make it on his own without his father. He lived riotously, the Bible says. And that means he didn't have many morals. He didn't stand for some things that he uh, uh, was taught. He was licentious or promiscuous. He was sinful. He thought he could make it on his own way and his own thoughts. His actions and his decisions were due to a spiritual condition. He did not love his father enough to stay in his house. He thought he knew better than the father. And his heart was not right. His mind was not right. He was following after the lusts of his flesh and the desires of a worldly life, not of the life of the son in his father's house. But let me tell you, that spiritual condition, it not only left his soul empty and wanting, but it also affected his physical body. The Bible says he would feign or he would long to eat the husks that the swine ate until his belly was full. I've come to preach tonight. There are spiritual conditions in your life that maybe you thought it was just physical. Things you are facing, amen, in this hour. You may just think that it's physical or it's life or it's something, but I've come to preach to you tonight. There's a spiritual condition. Let me tell you, the decisions or thoughts of leaving church somebody are not because of the reasons you're trying to convince yourself of. The thoughts that are in your mind to work that which is evil is not because you're a failure and you have no destiny with God. Your marriage is not in disarray because you're not a good communicator or because you don't deserve a good relationship or because you're just not meant to be together. You're not struggling, young person, because there isn't a call of God on your life and because you are a mistake. Your desire for the lusts of the flesh and the pride of life are not because your ways are more knowledgeable and better than God's ways or because God does not understand what you have gone through or what you are going through. Your thoughts of throwing in the towel. Maybe you're morally pure. Maybe you're doing right. Maybe you're, you're, you're okay in morality since, but you've had thoughts of throwing in the towel. Amen. Because it's just too heavy. Because it's just too weary. 
But I've come to tell you it's not because of a lack of effort. It's not because you don't have a heart for God. It's not because you don't have faith in God. Your weakness in mind and soul and body is not only because of the times that we're living in. Your weariness, your trials, your tribulations, they're not because God does not love you or because he has given up on you. I've come to tell somebody tonight. It's because there may be a spiritual infirmity that is affecting every area of your life. It's affecting you emotionally. It's draining you emotionally. It's affecting you physically. It's mentally weighing on you, and it's spiritually destroying you. There are spiritual infirmities, whatever place you're in right now. If you're in a place of failure right now, it's not because you don't love God. You didn't trip because you don't love God. You didn't make a mistake because you don't believe that God is real. There's a spiritual warfare. There's an attack from the enemy. There's something that maybe we don't fully understand. Hallelujah. But it is a work of darkness. It is not because you are not. Measuring up, we're in a battle. If you are facing immorality right now, it's not because there isn't a desire in your heart to love him with everything that you've got. It's not because you don't know what is right. Wherever you are right now, If you're facing weariness because of the days that we're living in and the times and all of the stress, whatever it may be, if you're in a place of frustration, if you're in a place of anger, if you're in a place of bitterness, if you're in a place of strife, if you're in a place of jealousy, fear, hurt, if you're hanging on to some things that are hurting you and have hurt you, It's not because you don't want to be delivered. It's not because you don't have faith that God can do it. But there is a spiritual infirmity. There is a spiritual battle. There is something deeper than we can even understand going on in the realm of wickedness, in the realm of the heavenly. There is a fight right now for your eternal salvation. Hallelujah. Whatever place you are in, it is a place of spiritual warfare. And it's affecting your physical body. It's affecting the day to day that you live in. It's affecting the job. It's affecting your social encounters. It's affecting every aspect of your life. But I've come to preach to somebody tonight. 
I've come to give some faith. If, if you'll just step out in faith a little bit, if you'll just stir up a little bit of faith, if you'll just believe with me, if you just bind together with the person next to you, hallelujah, I know what I'm preaching right now, and I know God has a word in this tonight for somebody. If you'll link up with somebody next to you, and you'll have a little bit of faith, all you need is just a little bit. The Bible says no weapon. It doesn't matter what weapon is coming against you? It doesn't matter how it's affecting you. The Bible says no weapon. Come on, this isn't going to take you down. Come on, you may be knocked down right now. Come on, listen. You may be in a place you don't desire, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You may have had an attack with a weapon that's hurt you. You may have been attacked and bruised. You may have been attacked and wounded, but it's not going to prosper. You're sitting there and you're dismissing it already. Let me tell you, saint of God, let me tell you, visitor and guest, there is not a weapon that's going to prosper. My God is victorious. My God is greater. My God is bigger. My God is mightier. Oh, come on, let's lift up our voices to heaven right now. God's moving. Hallelujah. Church, I've come to preach about spiritual infirmity. And when we're facing spiritual infirmity, you link up with me. We need to fight. It's not time to kick our feet up and open the bag of potato chips. It's not time to disbelief in the ministry of the church. It's not time to lose faith in the process that God ordained. Come on, it's time to fight. It's time to war. The enemy may have weapons, but we've got weapons that are greater. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's time to pray like we've never prayed before. For though we walk in the flesh, hallelujah, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, devil, you can come at me with whatever you desire. You know what? Go, go into that little... <laughs> uh, try not, I don't want to get political. Go into that little lab, whatever you can come up with. You know, there's spiritual viruses in the church as well. You can come up with whatever you want to, devil. I, 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 you know what? Go for it. I want you to try and come against me. Hallelujah. Because there is a God. Hallelujah. There is a weapon. Hallelujah. There is a hope. Hallelujah. That is not carnal. But it is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. The enemy may come at us with weapons that do hurt us, that can destroy us, that do affect the physical body, sicknesses, disease, immorality, all of these different things, they, they do affect the physical body. 
Hallelujah. But our weapons are not carnal. They're not. They are affecting our, the weapons of the enemy are affecting our carnality. They're trying to get a hold of your carnality. But the weapons that we have in our arsenal, they are not carnal. They don't stand up against the weapons of the devil. But they are mighty and they can pull down. There's, there's some strongholds in this body. There's some strongholds that, that have been a hold of you, have been a hold of us for too long. There's some things that are strongholds upon your mind. And they've been there for too long. You may be seated. God sees where we are. In verse number 12, if you throw it on the screen, Luke 13, 12. So Jesus is describing the woman with the spiritual infirmity. And verse 12 says, And when Jesus saw her, when he saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. God sees exactly where you are. You may be fooling some people around you. You may be, you may be fooling your own self. You may be making yourself believe things that are not true and you know it. But God sees exactly where you are. God knows exactly the pains. God knows exactly the heartache. God knows exactly the number of tears that you have cried. He sees us. Her infirmity was binding her together. And I believe that there are some strongholds in this house tonight that God wants to deliver. God wants to lose somebody. Is there a young person uh, between the ages of 12 and 14 that really loves me that uh, can touch their toes while sitting on the ground? Anybody? Holden, you can touch your toe. You're that? Are you serious? Okay. Man, this guy's flexible. Come up here. a new suit, Mom? Okay, I want you to come right here. I want you to sit with your feet laid out straight in front of you. And I want you to get down as close as you can. The Bible says that she was bowed together. I think it was a little more than this, but She was bowed together. If, if, if we could see it, her, her body was bowed completely together. And she couldn't lift herself up. She couldn't 
She didn't have the strength to be delivered on her own. She didn't have the strength to be lifted up on her own. She was bowed completely together. Thank you, Holden. And my envisioning of it is like some of those contortionists that, that can lay flat. Their torso to their legs, it's just like folding a sandwich over or a tortilla over. She was bowed together, almost as if it was embedded. Her, her hands, her arms, her torso was embedded into her feet and her legs, if you can envision that. And I believe that there are some chains and there are some infirmities and there are some strongholds that are embedded upon some of us. I'm not being ugly or gross, but we're fighting in a spiritual war. And every battle is not just a short battle. There's some wars that go on for years and years. And maybe you've heard of a dog that's been rescued that, that it was found and, and there was a chain collar on it. And that chain collar, when it was put on, it was a small size because it was just a puppy. But when they rescued that dog, those chains were embedded in the neck of the animal to where the skin and the fur and it started to become resident on that animal that you couldn't hardly tell. Maybe you didn't even know it was there because it, it had become such embedded in their skin that you didn't even know that we were living, they were living with it. I heard another story of a horse. There was a fire and uh, there was a young horse that got out and they couldn't find the horse. They went searching for it. They, she just let it out because there was a, a fire and she thought, you know what, I'll let it out. It'll find its own safety than hurting itself. And it was, there was a halter put on that horse that was too small for it to, to grow into. And that same thing, that harness was embedded in the face of that horse to where the, the skin and the fur started to grow over it. There are some spiritual strongholds that I believe God wants to deliver some people from that you've been battling for a long time. You've been fighting it for a long time, but it, you've, had a, you've had it so long that it's become so embedded that it's just a part of who you are now. It's just normal now. It's just something that I, I, I've accepted Hallelujah, but I've come to preach to somebody tonight. It is not the will of God for you to keep that infirmity. It is not the will of God for that stronghold to stay embedded around your neck. Hallelujah, and to limit you from what God has. It's God's will that you be delivered tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sees exactly where you are. And tonight he's calling you. He's calling you. He saw that woman and he called to her. He said, come to me. Hallelujah. That word loosed. When he said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. It means to free fully. God doesn't want to just do a fix 
or a patch tonight. God doesn't want to just give you a little medication to take the pain away. God doesn't want to just temporarily get you to next Sunday. God wants to fully loose you and deliver you tonight. The word means literally to relieve. There are a burden. There are weights. This infirmity is not something that is easy. It's not something that's light, but it's weighing you down. It's affecting you to the very core of your health and your physical body. But God wants to relieve somebody tonight of that weight. God wants to release somebody tonight from that bondage. Hallelujah. The word also means to dismiss or figuratively let die. Amen. The word means to pardon. God wants to forgive tonight. God wants to pardon you. And also the word means to specifically divorce. It's time to get rid of some stuff. You know what? We've been joined together for too long. And I'm not talking about marriage. But it's time to spiritually divorce that bondage that you've been holding on to. You know what? We've been linked arm to arm. We've been living next to each other for way too long. Infirmity, I'm going to divorce you tonight. Hallelujah. It means to forgive. Maybe it's, it's a... The spirit of infirmity is connected with some other person, some other believer, a family member. Maybe they're not even in church, but it's, it's spiritually affecting you that much. But you can forgive someone tonight. You can let go of that infirmity tonight. You're holding on to it. It's, your, it's safe to you now because you, you've been with it so long. It's time to set it at liberty Amen. In verses 14 through 17, the religious were upset that Jesus was healing on the Sabbath day. Jesus responded calling them hypocrites because there are things that they do on the Sabbath as well as that are far less important than someone being healed of an infirmity. They were so upset about Jesus healing her on the Sabbath day when he said, don't you let your ox or your ass out of the into the pasture. Don't you don't you do this? Don't you do that? There's things that you do on the Sabbath. And you're trying to talk to me about doing something like healing somebody of an infirmity. What what does that have to do with this? Don't get caught up in the politics. Don't get caught up in opinion. Don't get caught up in the political matter. Don't get caught up in the minutiae of the world's thoughts and the world's opinions and beliefs and lose sight of the promise. Isaiah 51 and 1. It says, Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you are hewn and to the hole of the pit where you are digged. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. 
For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be made of grass? That thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die. Verse 13, and forgettest the Lord thy maker that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth and hast feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Verse number 14 says, the captive exile hasteneth. The captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed and that he should not die in the pit. That word exile, it's the state of being barred from one's native country. We've got to have that mentality. If you are in a place of spiritual infirmity, if you are in a dark place, we've got to have a mentality like a captive exile that says, you know what? I've got to get back into the presence of God. I've got to get back into the liberty of God. I've got to get back to where I was first born again. God is calling me out of this hole. God sees me and wants to loose me of this infirmity if I will come to him. He saw her and he called to her, but the difference between her receiving that miracle and not receiving the miracle was she came to him. We've got to come to Jesus tonight. We've got to come to a place of prayer tonight. We've got to run to him and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm an exile. I've been, I've been captive in this infirmity for too long. I've got to get back to my home. I've got to get back to my spiritual walk. I've got to get back to anointing. I've got to get back to joy. I've got to get back to submission to God's hand. I've got to get back to healing. I've got to get back to praise and worship. I've got to get back to leaping. I've got to get back to dancing. As the musicians come, I've got to get back to trusting that God has all things in his hands. We're in a spiritual battle. There are spiritual conditions. They're affecting our physical body. They're affecting every area of our life. God sees us. He knows where we are and he's calling. He's calling to you and to your situation tonight. He is reaching for you. He's reaching for you. Jesus called her to him. And then it says in verse 13, he laid his hands on her. He spoke the word. There's first a spoken word. God is speaking into your life tonight. But then... There's a touch of God. 
He doesn't just talk to us, but he touches us. And God's calling you tonight, but he also, he doesn't want you to just hear him. He wants you to respond to him, and he wants to touch you. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're in a spiritual battle. I remember as a young boy, there was a lady who waited for Bishop after church, and a handful of people, a handful of people, Bishop asked to stay with him because there was a thought that she was spiritually possessed of the devil or of devils. And right over here, my parents were gone and we were staying with, me and Stephanie were staying with Sean and Melissa and, and, and they were ones that Bishop had asked to stay back along with, I think, Buddy and Kendra and I don't, I don't remember who else. And so we were there and this woman was possessed and, and they brought her to Bishop and he was sitting right here on this corner of this altar and he just asked her, will you take my hand? I want to pray with you. And I, I remember it so vividly because I, I don't think I slept that night. <laughs> me, me and Stephanie both, we're like, we're sleeping together tonight. Like we're not, like we're sleeping in the same room because I don't want her coming crawling through the window like that. Those were thoughts I was having. She, she was having them too. We were not about to have her invade and uh, so I don't think we slept that night, but I, that's because I remembered it so vividly. She was trembling and reaching her hand out to Bishop like she was afraid. She was, there, there were things that were binding her and so affecting her. She didn't even trust this man of God, this giant teddy bear, white hair. And she's just... She's doing this, and, and she holds his hand, and, and Bishop just starts to pray a simple prayer for this lady. And I'll never forget, in the middle of the prayer, it was going great. I mean, Bishop was casting out devils. It was happening. And all of a sudden, she jerked her hand back. She spit on Bishop, and she started convulsing right here and, and hissing like a snake and her body was contorting and doing all of this stuff. And I'll never forget that. She didn't want to be loosed. The Bible tells us that we've got all power in the name of Jesus Christ. And so there was no problem with Bishop. There was no problem with his relationship with God. But this woman did not want to be loosed from this infirmity that was possessing her whole life. She didn't want to submit to it as we stand together. And she rejected it. 
She rejected it. She could have been delivered that night, but for whatever it was, she spit on him and she pulled her hand away. She didn't want to be touched by him. The difference between you leaving this place delivered and you leaving this place still bound is on what you do with the word that God has spoken into your life tonight. God is calling to you. God sees exactly where you are. Will you answer the call of God tonight? Will you allow him to touch you with his hand? One touch of his hand. Daniel saw a glorious vision. And in it, the touch of Christ. There came again and touched me one like an appearance of man and he strengthened me he fortified me he gave me the power to conquer Matthew 8 3 to the leper Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying I will be thou clean and immediately the leprosy was cleansed Later in that same chapter, he touched the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and the fever left her and she arose and ministered and served the people around her. Amen. Matthew 9 and 29. Then Jesus touched their eyes that were blind saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Verse 13 of our text. Then he touched her he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God by the power of the name of Jesus Christ by the power of our crucified one by the power of stripes that were beaten upon our Savior that is how you can be delivered tonight. It's not going to be in a man laying a hand on you, but it's going to be because God, because God touches you tonight. Do you want to be loosed? This isn't a sermon. This isn't to impress you. There is a God that sees exactly what you're going through. And he's calling to you tonight. You can be healed in your body tonight. You can be healed in your mind tonight. You can be healed in your emotions. Come on. You can be delivered from the spiritual torment. 